Okay. We're podcasting. We're back. We are. How long has it been? Too long to recount. I think the last time we made a promise that we wouldn't pod fade, and then we did. That's what you do every time. <laughs> I think you even said that. That's how you pod That's fade. That's how predictable it is. Is you rededicate and set a schedule <laughs> and announce that you're back. So we won't do that this time. No. We're nope. not back. <laughs> no promises. Nope. But an update. We went to Yellowstone. <laughs> I'm just going to kind of recap some of our summer events, maybe. Yeah, it's been too long to actually have any sort of continuity. I mean, we might even have more kids than we had last time. No, not that much. We talked about all the kids, but we can kind of talk about maybe where they're at now and okay, a little bit about our trip, you know, some some big things have changed. Santo's Big Adventure, Yellowstone National Park. <laughs> You're talking super slow. <laughs> 2023. We finally went to on our big vacation this year that we had kind of talked about throughout the time the kids were young. Just kind of thinking at a certain point when we're done with diapers, when we're out of that baby stage, we wanted to do some adventurous things with our kids before anyone is moved out, but also once everyone's old enough to be able to enjoy it. Including me, so no pregnancy, no nursing, no diapers, but be able to just really embrace some adventure together as a family. Yeah. And so this summer was our first big adventure. It was. Hazel is four and a half. That half is very important to her. It's very important. <laughs> She's She heard from Brooklyn and from Eve, her cousin. That they were four and a half. And she just thought that is the biggest, coolest thing. And she came home and she said, Mom, Eve and Brooklyn are four and a half. They said they're four and a half. And I said, Hazel, you're four and a half. And she said, I'm four and a half? Very exciting. I can't believe I'm four and a half. And now she has been telling every single person that she is four and a half. Mm-hmm. And that actually catapulted into another big moment for her where we thought she was just kind of goofing around and telling us she had a loose tooth because she wants to grow up so fast. And then it turns out she actually does have her first loose tooth. And she's only four and a half. So she is in true Rachel form. Yes. Willing herself to grow up fast. To be older than she actually is. (laughs) And it's working. Which I think can happen. So Hazel's four and a half. That's our youngest. And so no diapers, as you said. Mm-hmm. And she's full she's of life. She's a rock so she star can keep in the sitting in the car seat territory. Yeah. Good traveler. Doesn't want to be a complainer because she wants to be one of the big kids. And Lila, on the other side of the spectrum, is 15. But everyone thinks she's 20. And she's also... <laughs> Because she doesn't necessarily want to be older than she is, but everybody thinks she's older than she is. She looks a lot like how she'll probably look as an adult when she's 20 or 18 or whatever. She just has a very grown-up look. But not too busy to skip town for a week. She did start her first real job this summer. She had the opportunity 
At first, we thought she might be an intern at the library, and we prayed a lot about that, and she interviewed for that, and, you know, that door closed, and we kind of thought about some other things, thought about detasseling for her, and then she had a pretty cool opportunity to open up um, to apply at Nelson's Produce Farm, which is right down the road from us, and... She applied there. She was hired as a barista and market helper, and she loves it. It was a perfect fit for her. Probably one of the best first jobs I've ever heard of for a 15-year-old to get. She is paid well, and she enjoys it. Yeah. And they're a Christian family, so we feel pretty good about it. Yep. So that's been Pretty a blessing. That's five minutes down the road. Yeah. Which there aren't very many things that are five minutes from us. Not, yeah. I mean, it's pretty awesome. That's probably the only one. Maybe she could work at the equestrian center. That would be closer. Yeah. But that's about it. But even with the closeness, we're still working towards driving. Yeah. Since we're a little bit in the country, our kids are eligible for the (laughs) student permits. Student permits, which means they can start learning to drive at 14 and. Get on the road a little earlier, so we're kind of tiptoeing towards that. Not too fast, but lots of extra practice time. So we took our four-and-a-half-year-old and our 15-going-on-20-year-old and everybody in between, and we loaded them all up into our Suburban, and we drove 15 hours to Yellowstone, stopping at Mount Rushmore on the way. A stop that was very well received by our children, but in the scheme of things, they almost forgot about it by the end of the week because there was so much other stuff at Yellowstone. But bucket list, you know, Mount Rushmore, boom. Yeah, it was kind of a design off of a trip that I had taken as a kid, probably. My dad didn't think it could be done. Five or six years old, I didn't know that. (laughs) I was very impressed that we did it. You didn't think we could do what? Get there? Make it there in one day. Huh. We did Corpus Christi. I know. But, you know, he just thought it'd be a lot harder than it was, I guess. I don't know. Well, they're always driving the camper and pulling something. So I think their perspective of how long it takes to get places and parking and all of those extra things, we don't really experience a lot of those issues. We drive faster. We have less hauling. Plus, we woke up at 2 a.m. and started early. Yeah. So we drove through the night, which means we got into Cody, Wyoming, which is a special place. Your words? I think it is very cool. It's a kind of place that like it is a tourist town. But before that, it's actually a place that people live and really appreciate their grassroots beginnings and... Home of Buffalo Bill. Yeah, you just feel like there's people there, like it's real. It's not just like, we're going to create this tourism situation because Yellowstone's right here. It's like this established town, they have their own history, and it just happens to be next to one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I think you can really feel that. Like they, They are capitalizing on it. They're making some money because of it, but it's a destination by itself, and that's... Pretty special. I thought that was really neat. It was pretty well established. Lots of people live there that are there because they love to live there, not because they just popped up a a tourism business. Right. 
Whereas you can't really say that for some of the other places we visited. I mean, there's a couple other towns that were just like, they're just there because it's a tourist town. Yeah. West Yellowstone in Montana felt like it's here because we're on the west side of Yellowstone. Right. Like it exists solely because of Yellowstone. some shops here. Yeah. Yeah. And the people don't really live there all the time. They're just there during the busy season and then they leave. It's not like this is home. So I really enjoyed Cody. I think back to why we originally thought of the trip was because of the fact that I had kind of gone through some of these steps when I was a kid and I wanted to relive it with our kids. So the Mount Rushmore stop was something I did as a kid. I remembered stopping there. I remembered going into Yellowstone and enjoying that as a very young kid. And the fact that I could remember something that I think I was only five years old doing, I knew it had to be something that was incredibly memorable. Yeah. Because you don't have a lot of those big memories at that age. And it was very clear in my mind. Like I remembered it my whole life. And I was probably only five, maybe six, but I probably maybe four and a half, maybe four and a (laughs) half with a loose tooth. And so much so that when we were there, you got a little emotional. Yeah. Actually, I surprised myself even. You didn't even see the first time I cried. I must not have. (laughs) Just driving in through Hayden Valley, the very first drive in from Cody. We drive in and it's just, it was one of my favorite things, but it's the first time you really get this moment of like, you're in Yellowstone, wide open areas, you know, it's it's beautiful nature. And I was surprised by my emotion not at just the beauty of the place. I think that I could have emotion about that, but probably not as overwhelming. But the feeling that the last time I had been there, I was five. And it was before all of these other things had happened in my life. Like so many things. I hadn't lost my dad yet. I hadn't grown up. I hadn't gone through so much life that. Coming back there with my six kids and my husband and experiencing it with them, it was so overwhelming. I, I mean, I'm tearing up now. <laughs> you can probably can't tell, but I can tell it's, it was so amazing. I mean, you have that sense of thankfulness of just how much the Lord's taken care of you through so many things since the last time you've been there. Mm-hmm. But having a little bit of that feeling of your life sort of flashing through your eyes in a moment. Like the last time I saw this, I was five. Right. And now here I am in with a a man that I love in a marriage that's solid with six kids that are healthy and we're all here together. And like how I would never would have guessed this as a five-year-old. I never would have known all the Lord would have provided for me at that moment in my life. And just in spite of all the bumps along the way that I've just been so fully taken care of. And then looking out at God's creation on top of all that and just being in awe of just who he is and how much he cares for every little thing, including me and my children, is an incredibly emotional 
grouping of things to think about all at the same time. And it was very hard not to just be emotional the whole time. Mm-hmm. And to just think about the blessings that I've had since the last time I've been there. And I, I had a hard time shaking that emotion probably the whole time we were there because it's just been so, it's just a very 30 years, you know, 30 yeah. years of the Lord taking care of me. And I was just so excited to share that with my kids. And I had that opportunity. And there's a lot of people who don't get to experience something like that with their kids. So yeah, I think that still hits me. I, I mean, Yellowstone is amazing in and of itself, but that emotion is what probably made it feel so incredibly special. Well, it was the first time for me. I had done the South Dakota thing as a kid. I had done Mount Rushmore, Black Hills. I had done Wyoming even a little bit, camping in Wyoming. But it was always along the Colorado border. And we went down into Colorado and camped there. I had never made it to Yellowstone. All of my Yellowstone references were basically Yogi Bear. Hey, boo boo. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I knew there was Old Faithful. Sure. I think everybody understands That's like, like the one a you know about. Main things. But I remember even reading about the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and being like, it's not the real Grand Canyon. Yeah. What's the big deal? Sure. And I knew about geysers, obviously, Old Faithful being the most famous. And I've heard the term Mammoth Hot Springs before. I'm not sure where, but I knew that that was like part of it. And that's it. So. It was the first for Fresh you. eyes for me. Different emotions. Yes. Pure wonderment. <laughs> Welcome to Wonderland. Welcome to Wonderland. And, you know, a bit overwhelming because of all the opportunity for things to go wrong on a trip like that. Yeah. And me being like the dad and the husband and like the make sure things go right <laughs> person. Like, were you afraid of letting extent. me down? Um, I wasn't really like afraid of me letting you down as much as I was like afraid of something going terribly wrong and not super afraid, honestly. Just Probably because your dad said, you can't, you can't do it. You can't have it. No, <laughs> he didn't really scare me. I remember one time he told me that if we went to Africa, I'd get eaten by a lion mm-hmm. and that didn't scare me either. Although we probably should have been more worried than we he were. He was probably more right than I was on that one, but I turned we out did being some crazy things technically in Africa. correct because I did not get eaten by a lion, but uh, there were plenty of dangers there. Yeah, we definitely. I mean, we he went in faith, of, but we skirted yeah. a line. He wasn't out of line with his stance, even though at the time I thought he was being over. And then when you were walking to the long drop in the middle of the in the middle of the night. Yeah, in the middle of the jungle. When there's that guy with the machine gun, with a guy with an AK-47, trying to keep you alive, and you're protecting our house. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you're thinking, man, I could get eaten by a lion. Yeah, or maybe a lion's a metaphor for a guy who wants to mug us. You know, anyways, off topic, yeah. sorta, but you know, big adventures. The Lord has protected us in that situation gr- too. You know, a big adventure comes with it, danger, mm-hmm. and when you have. A bunch of kids running around. And just an opportunity to like not have a good time. Even if it's not someone gets maimed by a bear. Because honestly, those fears were like fleeting and they were there, but they're not super founded. You know, 
mostly it's like, oh, I hope there's not like sickness and sure. pop a tire. All the other things that are very likely. Like all the things. It could ruin your trip, yeah. And like, honestly, the worst thing that happened was the credit card thing ended up being a nothing burger. Yeah, nothing burger. And then the yeah. second worst thing was like the price of the food, which is like, of, of course. Yeah. And then the third worst thing is like, it rained really hard on our way to a geyser. And like, that turned out to be awesome. Yeah, the kids just thought that was like, Part of the big adventure. Right. So, I mean, it was darn near flawless. Yeah. I mean, there is, I think there is that bit of anxiety of just, you're going into an unknown with your family. Like, we haven't really done this kind of vacation before. Right. Tons and tons of driving. So much And at the end of the day, the big thing is enjoying nature, which I do believe that adults tend to appreciate things like that more. Yeah, I mean, you can be awe in awe of something and like, wow, that's so cool. But if you would have asked me like what kind of tree any tree was before the age of probably maybe 20, 23, yeah. 25, I couldn't have told you a single tree aside from a maple and a right. weeping willow. like Which was more than I would have done. <laughs> And honestly, and now I feel like every tree is like, oh my gosh, so let's cool. Go see what it is, and like I know what a alder is. I know what a different yeah. kinds of elm, elm trees, trees and elm and trees. And- I I just appreciate nature in a way that I know children don't because they're just more inherently selfish, but also just excited about other things. Like yeah. they're just enjoying life, right? And I took a step further. So I had a friend, TJ, who you know who was like into trees when we were in high school. And I was like, you're the biggest dork. Who cares? Like, it's a <laughs> you tree. You should re- really re- loop back with him. I should. Because you're such a And be like, hey, let's be tree buddies now, because I know lots about trees. Such a tree nerd now. <gasps> it was just funny that he was like, you know what? I think trees are cool, and I'm going to learn all about them. I'm like, all right, nerd. Like, come on, we're playing <laughs> oh. video games. And so it's funny, because I gave him so much crap. But That is funny. So I didn't just have a disinterest in trees. I actually made fun of people who liked them because I was a jerk, but. Well, just always seemed like that's what old people do. They like care about their gardens and yeah. Birds, talk about trees, trees and weather. Weather. And we're there. We're there. <laughs> We've arrived. We're there. This is why I, I bought Ezra that slingshot. So this was like part of my childhood was going on vacations and always getting some sort of a trinket. You know, I collected rocks. I think I still have that box of rocks down in the basement, like fool's gold and the court, yeah. like the ones with the little crystals in there and just go into all the little shops. And you know, my parents always buy me stuff. And I had a, <laughs> I had a, what's his name? Calhoun. Not, is it John Calhoun? What's the Calhoun guy's name? You know, from, from lore, like the old West guy, you something mean? Calhoun. What's his name? Calhoun. Yeah. Like the, with, with the, with the skin. With the hat. Yeah. Hat? A, scoon, a coon skin hat. <laughs> What was his name? Not Johnny Calhoun. It wasn't John. We just watched a Johnny Manziel <laughs> documentary, and I'm thinking Johnny Johnny, Johnny Calhoun. What was what was Calhoun's name? Oh shoot! Now Fort, I'm confused. Fort Calhoun. Googling, googling. It is John. It's John Calhoun. I was right. I just Are called you him sure Johnny. It's the same one. Yeah. Okay, Johnny Calhoun. Yeah, but just that John sounds, Calhoun was the. That sounds wrong. I called him Johnny because of Johnny. Anyways, I had a John Calhoun hat. You know, yeah. the coonskin hat. And I had a slingshot. Oh, you were spoiled. Yes, I was. <laughs> and I remember just the slingshot was the thing. 
when I was on these Wyoming yeah. camping trips, it's like you set up some tin cans, you find cool rocks, you shoot the slingshot. I didn't care about trees. I barely cared about right. a, you know, maybe a stream. We'd go running. Like adventurous moments. And things yeah, like yeah. Like I was in for like the cool and like Ezra's exactly that age right now. Yeah. And if anybody was going to get bored looking at nature, it'd be him. Yeah, he loves to be outside. He though. appreciates he's jumping it. Jumping off stuff, but it's but like he's not that's cool. Like, Can I do a backflip? Yeah. And so I got in this little, you know, yeah, this little thing shot, and it pretty much entertained him for. But then he shot a rock <laughs> into into one a of geyser the, or a basin, a basin, which is like the number one no yeah. no. But you'd be like accursed. You can, you're supposed to leave Some nature. Guy cussed at him completely alone, yeah. like undisturbed nature. It's supposed to be in its purest form. You don't go off the path. You don't, you know, pick flowers. And you certainly do not shoot your, like, even rocks picked up off the ground should be where they were and not in the basin. And, I mean, it seems completely harmless. But people at Yellowstone do not feel that way. They don't want you to do anything that could, like, disrupt the normal. To his defense, it's a rock. And you know, rocks. I mean, I didn't think it was that big. Rocks of a deal also until... fall down and go into basins. Like it's not. If he was I shooting like agree. a, if he shot, you know, a rubber ball or a penny in there, sure. different story. So but I feel this like this guy the, did not feel that. This way. guy overreacted, in my he opinion. Totally did. But but he probably it was a good thought lesson. it could have been some random plastic piece. It was a good know. lesson for Ezra and for the other kids to learn, like how important this place is, and like not disturbing it. But it was also right. like, dude, he shot a, a little. I mean, a little. It was a rock that was next to the basin and into now the, it's basin. In the basin. <laughs> yeah. Still, I think people just sort of. It's not like he threw a Taco Bell wrapper in there or something. There's probably too much of that that happens. Yeah. And some people just are heightened awareness. But it is true that Ezra's age was also something cool with Yellowstone because they put out this national parks. Everyone in a fourth grader's family gets in for free. So they had this. If you have a fourth grader in your family, visit the national parks for free. And but the fourth grader has to be in the car and they get a special card and they really do a good job of making sure that like that kid feels very special. Mm -hmm. And so Ezra was the one who got us all into the park for free. He got his own card. He actually had to sign a piece of paper in the car so that we could get in yeah. for free. So there was kind of a nice moment of making kid a kid that age, like a fourth grader, feel very important. And so I thought that was kind of a cool side piece to the whole story because Ezra's just, you know, a middle child in the family, but he was very special in this way. And in light of our vacation, it was like Ezra's the one getting us in for free and nobody else can. I wish they would have gave him, you know, 10% off of concessions or something. Yeah, no That would have really saved us some money. Oh, my gosh. So the worst meal we had was at Mammoth Hot Springs in the cafeteria because the restaurant was closed because this is a government-run place. And they close their restaurants at 7 p.m., which in, is insane. Like in the middle of the busiest season on a Friday night. 7 p.m. Like dinner's restaurants over closed. at 5 because everyone's going home. So we go to this cafeteria and they have like, you know, wrapped sandwiches and a bag of pickles and hot dogs. We had they some They didn't bison. even have fruit. There was no fruit. We tried to order fruit and she's like, she's all like, we have well, is these. green bananas And they're like, the there. greenest bananas you'll ever see. And I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, we'll go ahead. in like three days. I actually ordered the fruit, and she's like, this is what we have for fruit. And I was like, yeah, you can just take that off the order and give us this bag of pickles, I guess. Yeah, we never ate. We carried it around <laughs> for like three days, never ate the pickles. So we're talking sandwiches that were pre-made and some hot dogs that were fatty and kind of bad with oh, kind of stale bread. 
and sitting there all day. a thing of potato salad. And it was like $103. Oh my gosh, it was painful. It was the worst. If I could give anyone advice, it's plan to picnic more than you think you will. Yeah. Because you'll eat better for cheaper than buying anything inside of Yellowstone. And we did picnic because yeah. you were... I mean, I did I did a pretty good job of, but we could have picnicked more and saved a lot and ate better. Yeah, I think if we had thought, "Wow, the food here will be really bad," I probably would have planned to picnic as much as possible. Yeah, and we kind of planned to picnic like at least a meal a day, maybe two. But but we also we did plan this late in the scheme of things. Most people plan a year in advance. We weren't that good, so. We did a few things where it's like, you know what? We're just going to spend more money and do it because this is our one time going versus like do everything the smart way. It's like, nah, let's just pay the money and just accept that this is the one time we're going to spend too much. I kept telling myself that every time I spent $103 (laughs) on some sandwiches and pickles. But because of that, or, you know, in that same vein, we also hotel hopped each night, which is not normal. Yeah. And makes it really hard to plan around picnics and you don't have a fridge. It's just like food is becomes more difficult when you're literally we, switching. We made a lot of ground hotels. because every time we left a hotel, we packed everything up and we moved through our day and ended at the next place, which was very efficient for driving, but it's a bit of a headache when as you can imagine packing up six kids. Eight people. Yeah. You know, and whatever we had in the car had to be back in the car and unpacked every night and repacked every morning. And so, you know, it wasn't like, let's just unload all this food into this fridge and come back and make a picnic for the next day. It was very much like everything has to fit every day, and we still need to be in and out of this car all day long too. Um, And that was tricky. I think... Well, you had a system, so that helped. And then... I always have a system. You did. You do, and you did. And it worked very well. And at the end of the day, we only lost, I think, uh, so the credit card, which <laughs> turned out to be a nothing burger. It ended up being nothing. I think we just threw it away. Yeah. We both, somehow I got both cards. It was just and an so unfortunate just situation. And then I think we lost one power adapter. Yeah. And that's which pretty, pretty much incredible. It. If you unpack eight people and you stay at five different places. Yeah, five if you count Cody. We stayed at five different places. Unpacked and repacked. I mean, everything, toothbrushes, every single Daily. thing, every time. And we only lost one cord. Yeah. I, I mean, was no very, clothes. I mean, there's a sock. I or, was, I mean, some undies probably just with didn't notice. how many people are in our family, we could probably lose some underwear and I would never know. Yeah. So obviously, there's things we may never miss and they're gone forever. But I mean, there's nothing big that we can't find. And the system worked pretty well. I was I was proud of myself. I tend to overanalyze and think through all the possibilities right. in these situations. Give the 30-second breakdown. <laughs> okay. 30-second breakdown. Yeah. There's two big bags. One bag has swimsuits, jackets, toiletries for everyone in one bag. So that's something like you might need and stuff you definitely need every night. That goes in. Other bag is basically all our stuff. All the adult things cuz we don't know what we're going to wear every day. So we just pack light and we put that in a bag. For kids clothes, the system was a high V paper bag filled with 
an outfit for each kid. For a whole day. For a day. And then there was six bags. So each bag basically had everything they would need for that, for changing that day. And so instead of unpacking eight bags out of our car every day, we basically just grabbed two big bags and a paper bag. And every time they put on new clothes, the dirty went back into that bag and back into the car. There was no, like, I don't know what to wear today. Everybody just had their outfits rolled it up. And voila, you didn't have to take everyone's stuff out every time. We just took exactly what we needed. And it was pretty seamless in the sense that unpacking was just like, you grab this bag, I grab this bag, and here we are. So I definitely think that system was what we would do in the future if we ever have to pack and repack. Just have one big toiletry bag and outfits by day. Yeah. Because it it does help with traveling, at least unpacking light. Right. So we did pretty good with that. So we drove for a whole day. We stayed a night in Cody. We stayed four nights in Yellowstone, different places each night, actually... Each night we stayed in a different section of Yellowstone. So Yellowstone, if you've ever looked at the map, is a big circle. They call it the Grand Loop. And there's four quadrants. And we stayed in one of each four quadrants each night. And then we drove home a full night. So seven total days, Mm -hmm. two full days of driving, five nights, four of which were in Yellowstone. And here is what I think was the kicker for me that proved that it was a successful adventure on our last night in yellowstone we went out to dinner we overpaid for some (laughs) some hamburgers some bison burgers (laughs) bison burgers but had our first actual sit down reservations uh, at grant village which is in the is in west thumb the south the south side of the park Mm -hmm. and we all had an opportunity to do a top five from the trip yeah your five favorite things and what Prove to me how successful this was is that as we went around the table, there was like very, very little overlap. We did so many things. We saw so many things. There were so many highlights that each person kind of had a different set of five. And yeah, there's a little little bit of crossover between the five, but it wasn't like this was the one thing. Yeah. It's like each kid had certain things that kind of stuck out to them and... They remembered things like it was hard to pick a top five, which I think was kind of a neat thing. In fact, some of almost them, everybody forgot Mount Rushmore. Like I don't even think it was in the top five. And then when we reminded them, they're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, that too," because that <laughs> yeah. was like a big. Then they loved that, right? And yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about when you're traveling and moving and seeing things so much throughout a five day period is that you really can experience a lot of things. Yeah. I mean. We saw we saw all of Yellowstone that you can really see. Pretty and, much. I mean, we missed a few little drop, like, oh, here's a hike that we're not going to do, and here's a hike that we're not going to well, do. Well, obviously, a lot of people go way off the path and right. see it. But like, we're not going to do that of, with like, six kids, In terms of, like, the mainstream We tried to keep it the highlights. safe yeah. for six kids. I mean, there was moments where I was thinking, man, I would love to come back here, just the two of us, and, you know, go mountain bike that, that trail, because there's bike trails over here, and do a real off you know off main trail hike because there's a lot of like more adventurous routes you can take that are open to people taking but they're very i mean they're still dangerous because there's you know there are bears and you can did you did i tell you that a woman actually got attacked by a bear while we were there i did know that yeah actually it wasn't inside of yellowstone though oh 
It was in West Yellowstone, okay. just outside, and she was hiking, hiking by, herself. by herself without bear spray. Why would you go by yourself? I think that was the. I think that Did is she a realization, die? though. Yeah. Oh. Because they found her later, and they just found her body. It's gotta be a bad way to go. In pure abject terror, right? Yeah. I mean. I mean, it it, it was a little bit terrifying to think. I mean. We took one hike that was kind of like, yeah, a bear could definitely be here. Right. And we had bear spray. And I I wanted to do it because it was, I wanted the kids to experience some kind of hike that felt like it was just you and nature. And this was one of the lower risk ways that you could feel that. Mm-hmm. And, it, but it still gave me a little bit of a lump in my throat thinking, you know, if if you've got six kids and a bear comes around the corner and the number one thing you're not supposed to do is run, yeah. how do you keep six kids from running from a bear? You don't really. I mean, we have bear spray, but at the end of the day, like, how do you tell a four-year-old not to run from a bear? It's It's a little bit difficult to envision what would happen if we actually encountered one. Yeah. Even with bear spray, even with the whole thing, I still had some moments of this might be a bad decision. And in the end, it was like that was one of my absolute favorite hikes of the whole time because it was just this hidden lake. Trout lake. Trout lake. It was just a hidden lake. A mile hike into the mountain a little bit. And then there's a lake just sitting there in the mountain. It's like cut out of a... A painting. It's the most beautiful, clear lake. Just it actually reminded me of being in Austria because there was some of that. Like you could hike up in the mountain. Music vibes. Huh? There were yeah. Sound of music I mean, vibes. you just and then it's obviously springs. So there's wildflowers and it's sort of spring feelings there, but it's summer, right? And there's wildflowers everywhere, and there's just green against the the mountain against the water and then there's just this tiny little dirt path that goes all the way around the lake and a little bridge with a stream like like a spring coming down underneath that we drank the out bridge of. that i was thinking we've got to drink out of this because and I was that's thinking. what you do when you're here and obviously not knowing exactly the origin of the spring it's not 100 <laughs> percent the smartest decision but and I was thinking about the Oregon Trail, you know, everybody dies of <laughs> dysentery. dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking like, this is part of the adventure, which I don't know necessarily that I wanted all the kids to drink it, but I was definitely going to drink it. I was thinking, and then I thought, you know what? This is an experience. We should all take a little sip. I don't mean let's guzzle this down, but Jared was I took a drink. last. He just splashed <laughs> it in his face. <laughs> I took a drink. <laughs> It was very cold and fresh. If we're all going down. We're going down together. That's right, Mike. If you guys are getting diarrhea, I'm getting diarrhea. Let's do this. Yeah. And it tasted so fresh and so... It was high, some high quality H2O. <laughs> it was just a cool experience to just be out in the middle of nowhere drinking out of this, you know, spring and feeling like you're off the beaten path away from all the other tourist people and just... Yeah. Really taking in a nature moment in the middle of Yellowstone. That felt pretty cool. Especially when you're like a lot of Yellowstone is observed from the car and there's so many people, 4 million people go there a year 
And so, I mean, there's like cars in a three month period. Right. And so so you don't feel alone very often there. You feel like, oh, we're here with people. I mean, it's awe inspiring and it's huge, but there's always people around if you go in the busy time, which we did. So this was that moment where it felt like it was just us in nature. And I think that that was really special to me because I wanted to have that just, let's just take this in without the noise, without the just all the extras, just yeah. a moment in nature. And we definitely got that at Trout Lake. It was cool. And I was skeptical. So I was happy to be impressed because I was like, where is this lake? Like there's a sign that says Trout Lake, but there's no lake here. And not very many people, most people feel the way that you did. And so and just, very few people on. do it. They kind of think Trout Lake, I don't see it. We actually drove past it and came back. We're like, this must be it. It's just a trailhead. Yeah. So you really have to kind of know it's worth it. Otherwise, you might even hike halfway and turn around because you just think, where are we going? And there's probably a bear over there or something. So you kind of have to have that feeling of it's worth it. Which we had a guide that told us it was worth it. So that really helped. Yeah. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have done it. So yes, if that you was probably one of my can tops. check out Trout Lake, it actually was for me too. It saved that day because that was the one day. It was that one was of the, our worst days. Well, it was the bad day because the food was terrible that day, and more driving than we had driven a lot, and we had a little bit of issues around car sickness. I think more that and day construction, and we got stuck in. You know, they always say pack your patience because you never know when like an animal is going to block the road, and you never know when there could be construction. There's all these variables of you just don't know how long it's going to take you to get from point A to point B. And this was pretty much the only day that we felt that frustration of yeah. just not really getting where we thought we'd go, not having as solid of a plan. We we're running low on picnic food and no bathrooms. Lake. Didn't find a bathroom. For yeah, a long there was time. no bathrooms, no picnic areas. And we thought that we would be finding one before we hit Trat Lake. So by the time we got there, Everybody was starving. And the food we had bought ended up tasting terrible. So oh, we yeah. ended up doing the picnic food again. We bought these bagels, everything bagels with cream cheese already in there. We're thinking like, okay, they're prepackaged. They're, it's breakfast food. It's a bagel. It's right, cream great cheese. little bu- brunch addition. Yeah, you can eat it How on can the you go. mess up a bagel? Well, they did. Here's how you mess up a bagel. Which is kind of counterintuitive because you think like, could you possibly have too much cream cheese? It's, cream cheese is amazing. It's like, no, you can. You can have too much cream cheese. Yeah. <laughs> These things and were like was so loaded gross. with cream cheese so much so that kids were like throwing it, like picking it off and throwing it if away. If you take an eight ounce package of cream cheese, like the typical little block of cheese, cut that in half and, shove and it put half bagel. of it on a bagel. Like that's how much was on the bagel. Yeah. Probably that was the recipe. Take four ounces of cream cheese, smash it between smash a it between bagel, two bagels, and serve that as if you're not gonna just have all your arteries clogged. Yeah, and just like gag. Just so disgusting. Anyways, anyway, we were scraping it off with a stick, <laughs> and trying not to leave it behind because you can't. You're feed not the bears. supposed to leave food anywhere. So then we're like smashing it into like saran wrap and then and little girls so have to go gross. pee over on the side of the road and then and here I comes some hikers the girls how to take a squat yeah so just good in times. the middle of the woods and good times and there was a lot yeah that was kind of one of those days where you're like okay well it's not always going to be perfect but it didn't get so bad that we still couldn't have a good time and trout lake saved the day trout lake was awesome each day had its own moments 
And so I was really glad that we took a lot of pictures because I think it, when you look back at it, it's going to be hard to remember. Because even when I was five and I think of my memories, like I remember so many burned trees like that. I can still picture that in my mind. I can see the photo of what I saw Yeah. so clearly. And it was just so more trees than I'd ever seen in my life. And they were all burned. And then the other, one of the other major things I remembered was a, a bison or buffalo crossing the road mm-hmm. and seeing it really close. And both of those images were really recreated in this yeah, trip, which was kind us. of cool. Like the trees, there was certain areas where there had been wildfires. And that was very much what I remembered seeing. And then we had a bison literally walk so close to the car that I thought it was going to scratch it. Yeah, right past my window. Just right next to us. And that, I think, was a very cool moment because it's just a wild animal basically standing. You can't plan it. A foot from you. And not everybody gets that moment. And we didn't see a bear. We didn't see a moose, even though I wanted to see one the whole entire time. I'm starting to get jealous of this mythical moose that Rachel was just, just want to see the moose. ogling after. She's like, where's the moose? And I was like, I'm right over here, Rach. Check it out. You're the goat. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see a moose, but uh, maybe next time. Maybe on the next big adventure. Mm-hmm.